0: It's Wednesday, September twelfth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management Tim Hansen and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Uncle Joe Mager. Gentlemen, good to see you. Hey Chris. Yo. Uh, we are in the other studio once again. Hopefully the audio quality will, will be bumped up slightly from yesterday. Uh, and this is our Silicon Valley edition of Market MarketFoolery. It's all Silicon Valley today because we're going to talk about uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO, his appearance at the TechCrunch conference yesterday. But we will start, of course, as promised with Apple. Uh, Apple unveiled the iPhone 5 at an event uh, just within the last couple of hours out in San Francisco. It's thinner, it's lighter, it has faster data speeds, there's a larger screen. Joe Mager, I'll just start with you. Any surprises here? With this
1: announcement? No, and that's why the stock is almost perfectly flat on the day. And the, the iPhone 5 looks great. I think anyone who buys it will be thrilled with it. I will probably go out and get one. But it's not <laughs> probably, it's not a game-changing device like some of the earlier iterations we saw with the iPhone. And I think some people will be a little disappointed with that. Uh, some of the biggest changes that they talked up were the larger screen size and LTE. Both great, but both concepts that Samsung has been... You know, ringing the bell on for more than a year now. So no real huge. Changes, just incremental improvements.
0: Tim, you agree with that? No wow factor here.
1: I, I think that's accurate. You know, one one uh, new feature
2: that caught my eye. I think the camera now is an HD camera, which is interesting to me in the sense that you know the way these phones work is you get subsidized by the carrier and you sign your contract, and you know a lot of the data plans, right, are unlimited data plans, but they're more and more moving towards you know limited unlimited data plans. You know, you slow down after a certain amount of usage, or you only get a certain amount of usage. If you start taking pictures with you know HD cameras and then emailing them to your friends or Posting online, all of a sudden, the risk of a big phone bill or a much slower data connection becomes becomes very real. And I, I, you know, at some point, something's got to, I don't know, change or, or, or be modified in, in how the carriers and the and the, the phone developers interact, because the phones are going to end up overspecking you know what the networks can, can handle or what the consumer is willing to pay for from the network. And I just think that's an interesting sort of ongoing development in the space. Before
0: yeah. the event was even over, we got an email from one of our listeners, Chris Adams in Arlington, Virginia. He wrote, now that it's official that the iPhone 5 is a dud of a release, um, his words, not mine, uh, will you revisit your forecast on Windows Lumia phones and Samsung? It's a, I mean, whether or not you agree that it's a dud of a release, it's a good question. To what extent, if any, does this change the smartphone landscape. I don't think this does anything for Nokia. I wouldn't say this was a
1: bust or a dud. I don't think it was a huge home run. But I'm not any more excited about going out and buying a Nokia phone or a Windows phone, and I suspect that's true of just about anyone else.
0: The Washington Post this morning uh, had a story uh, in advance of this event, and one of the things that was written was that Apple's focus is shifting from what the Washington Post referred to as high-tech wizardry To content. And this is something, Tim, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks sort of this, this growing battle between Apple and Amazon. Because when you look at Amazon and their recent unveiling of the Kindle Fire tablets and all of the content there, and Apple with iTunes and the content it has there, this really does seem to be. A looming battle that's shaping up with Apple versus Amazon.
2: Well, I, I, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I don't think I'd throw Google out of the mix there either. I mean, the three, the things that those three companies have in common is you know really a really strong innovative streak, um, a lot of cash and you know an, an ability to either be profit agnostic or to withstand losses on early stage projects in the hopes of hitting a big home run I mean that's simply not true of a company like Nokia or even Microsoft you know because no, Microsoft probably has the balance sheet but probably has lost the innovative streak so I would say throw Google into the ring there with those other two companies, but that's really going to be where the the fight plays out. And, and, you know, one argument is that content is king, and and obviously Amazon is positioned really really well in that regard. Um, You know, in the hardware, obviously Apple's got the edge there, and Google's sort of more omnipresent. Um, So they've got their strengths and it's probably going to come down to management at the end of the day. And uh, I think the best manager in that group is probably Jeff Bezos. Um, He's certainly done the most with the company he's at, so to speak. um, although maybe Larry Page would argue with that. So uh, it'll be interesting, though, for, for sure.
0: Joe, what do you think about that? Because I know that you are a fan of Google, but you're you're also an admirer uh, of Amazon and the work that they've done over the last few years.
1: Yeah, well, I own Google and Amazon and recommended both to Inside Value members, so that probably says where my allegiances are here and where I think you should put your money. Uh, You know, in terms of this kind of greater battle between them, it's not a winner-take-all situation for sure. They all have specialties that they're going after. I do think of the three, in terms of the hardware battle, the one who's most susceptible is Apple. Even though they have the best product, and the biggest market share, at least on tablets, and we can all agree it's a great product. <laughs> when you have competition who's competing on price and making it up on the back end, like Tim was saying, that's just incredibly difficult to deal with over the long term. And, you know, you look at some of the pricing, uh, the new iPod Touch rolls out at 299 That's a pretty high price point for a small device when you can go out and buy a Kindle Fire HD for 199 Now, is it the same quality? Probably not. But, you know, if you're value conscious, it'd be tough to,
0: justify buying that tiny little
2: today
1: certainly no value conscious
0: in, our, in, <laughs> right. this, in
2: this
1: economy.
0: Uh, let's wrap up on the stock because, uh, Joe, you mentioned that shares of Apple today have basically remained flat throughout the day uh, and I have to thank Twitter for this information uh, because uh, someone I follow on Twitter pointed out that if you look at the last three events that Apple has had when they unveiled the iPhone 4S, the iPad 2, and the iPhone 4, in the following week, shares of Apple fell for all three of those. If that holds to form, we could expect to see Apple shares dropping over the next week, maybe just a couple of percentage points. Maybe that's all it takes. Whether that happens or not, when you look at the stock, Joe, where do you think it falls on the value proposition? Well, I know it looks conventionally
1: cheap because it's selling at 15 times earnings and about One-fifth of the market cap is in cash. They got $100 billion plus in cash. That's attractive. But when you think about the market cap in absolute terms, you're talking about a $620 billion company. So there are great expectations priced into this business, even if it's not clear just looking at P.E. ratio. Honestly, I don't like the long-term dynamics of consumer hardware for anyone, including Apple. And it's not so much an Apple thing, it's just a broader dislike of the space and how I think over the long-term, prices fall and margins follow. Tim, how
0: does shares of Apple look to you?
2: I'm probably a bad person to ask because I've been consistently wrong about Apple being skeptical. <laughs> well, I mean, I have too, but and, that doesn't and, stop me from, <laughs> from commenting. That's it's not stopping tificating. me from asking. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I would say I'm just be on the sidelines with Apple. I, I'm neither a, a, a lover nor a hater. I think you know Joe's comments about uh, the economics of the hardware space are certainly true, but Apple arguably has, has done to the hardware space you know, what Coke has done to the sugared water space, which is slapped a brand on top of it and achieved basically permanent pricing power ability. Um, we'll see if that holds up. I mean, it's held up for a very long time now and enabled Apple to become sort of a non-cyclical company in what is otherwise a very cyclical uh, industry. Um, but like I said, I, I, I've been wrong. Um, on on Apple consistently, and so I I would say I'd
0: prefer not to have an opinion. (laughs) On Tuesday, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg took the stage at the TechCrunch conference in Silicon Valley to answer questions about his company. Uh, Among the comments he made, he said he was disappointed in Facebook's share price. He admitted that they made mistakes on mobile, and he did say, again, definitively, they are not interested in trying to build a Facebook phone. And, Tim, it's worth pointing out that you go back to Tuesday morning to this moment, shares of Facebook up about 10% during that time frame. So clearly there were people on Wall Street who liked what he had to say. He got good grades generally from the media for his portfolio performance. I know you watched it. What did you think?
2: Well, you know, I think this is somewhat of, a, like most things, an expectations game. Just like people weren't wowed by the Apple release, right? I think people were really wowed by the Zuckerberg talk just because they were expecting, I don't know, maybe they were expecting more like an Andrew Mason-like, you know, petulant child-esque <laughs> performance. You know, Zuckerberg doesn't have the best reputation either among the business community or among you know the tech community, or certainly among sort of like peers, the that social network movie didn't portray him in a very favorable right. light. So I think the expectation for him was to come out and maybe be whiny or, or c- complain or you know not be able to field questions. But I thought he did a really good job of just showing how passionate he is about uh, the mobile aspect of his business, which is obviously what has investors excited. They want to make sure Facebook is going to do more in mobile, and he made some very positive comments about what they're doing in mobile and also. Um, How active users are when they use mobile web with Facebook and their potential for monetization there I'm a little bit surprised at how much the stock is up though because it wasn't an investor conference It was sort of like a a tech whiz-bang conference Right And you would expect With
0: with, I have to say (laughs) if you look at the lineup at TechCrunch It's an impressive uh, conference that they put on But it is largely startup companies It's a lot of startups who are looking to impress VCs and that sort of thing So clearly someone like zuckerberg and a company of the size of facebook that's going to dominate well and he should that's a form i think where he can
2: really excel because what he's passionate about you know like uh, what's the model for facebook is we make money to build products we don't build products to make money or something along those lines so this is a form that's probably you know very very um sensitive for him or, or that he's able to do well in um, it was an investor form uh, when he talked about monetization you know the interviewer didn't really press him on. it. just said, oh, we've got ways to monetize it. And then people just sort of take him at his word. When historically, I would have liked a little more on Well, that. absolutely. You know, historically, Facebook has been very bad at monetization. So to, so to say that – We're going to monetize this just like we've been monetizing. We haven't been monetizing things very well. So that was where I thought it fell down from an investor standpoint. But he certainly exceeded expectations. And I think the performance of the stock today, obviously, it's down so much from IPO. The performance of the stock is that he presented himself as a competent, passionate founder CEO. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that type of person historically in Silicon Valley has done well. And people are hoping that Facebook replicates the success of an Amazon Or a Google or a Hewlett Packard or those sorts of things.
0: Joe, what about that whole notion of mobile and being able to monetize it? Because as Tim said, Zuckerberg did talk sort of in broad terms of we realize we've made a mistake when it came to mobile. We've basically thrown away two years that we could have been working on it. We're working on it now. We're going to get much better at it. My question is when does he have to deliver? When does Facebook have to really come out with either a new ad platform for mobile? Or even just the promise of this is when it's going to launch. Because it sort of feels like if they get to their next quarterly conference call, which is just in a couple of months, and they don't have an answer to this question, or they don't have more details, there's a good chance they're going to get punished.
1: Yeah, well, judging by the stock price, they needed to figure this out a couple quarters ago. I think the market is extremely frustrated with their inability to crack that nut. To their credit, one thing that came up yesterday in the Zuckerberg talk, and I agree with everything Tim said, it was great. Uh, was that people who use the Facebook app are also more engaged desktop users. So Even though they may not be getting a lot of direct revenue from people who are using Facebook on their tablet or their phone, they are more engaged in Facebook at large, so they're liking more things, they're sharing more photos, they're commenting more often, which ultimately (laughs) drives more traffic and makes Facebook stickier. So There is incremental value in mobile for Facebook. It's just that it isn't as clearly valuable as it is on the desktop side, and I think a lot of that just gets back to Facebook being a desktop-designed social
0: network, whereas Twitter is so cleanly focused on mobile. This didn't get a lot of headlines, but one of the things he also said was they're building a search engine because, as as he said, essentially people come on Facebook and they search; they're just searching for other people. They're just searching for high school exes. Exactly. So he's not that any of us have done that, but he said they're building. A search engine to compete across all types of information yeah as someone who is a shameless Google promoter I wasn't gonna say that but since you did as someone who just shamelessly promotes Google yeah how concerned should Google be about that I think it's worth watching and a concern but I think
1: they're Handling it well, and I would also say, even though Facebook has a treasure trove of data on people, you know that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be able to crack them out on marketing well to them. They clearly haven't done that on mobile, so it might be a bit of a stretch to assume that they'll, you know, wondrously figure out this ad business. Uh, it took Google a while to do it themselves, and you know, Google has quite a bit of info on you between Chrome, YouTube, search, Android and Google Plus and Google has the advantage of combining all those platforms to better target you whereas Facebook is just working off what they have on you on Facebook and that's a lot of data but people forget you know Google really has a lot of different pools that they're drawing info from you on and because of that they can really really hyper target so even though I think it's serious threat it's not something i'm losing sleep over on the thesis
2: yeah you know the examples he gave about search i think there were two was you know what what sushi place did my friends like in new york and who do i know who works at this place where i want to get a job neither of those things are really that sounds red- like
0: linkedin that, yeah. right
2: i was going <laughs> to say the person that needs to be worried about that potentially is more of a linkedin or a yelp or, or something along those lines where you're, you're you're leveraging dynamic preferences to to you know to give answers to questions that have an answer vis vis Google, where you know I'm learning about something or I want to find a website or a third party or something along those lines, and you know frankly, from what I know about how people are using Facebook versus LinkedIn and versus Yelp, Facebook doesn't have credibility yet. I mean, it's not a professional atmosphere by any right. means, right
0: it's much more social. It's
2: much more social, and you know I, I'm not sure people are on Facebook. You know, certainly not from the data I've seen, older professionals looking for jobs are using LinkedIn, and they're not using Facebook for any sort of professional activity. And so uh, it seemed to me a longer putt for them to posit that we could have this really dynamic search engine that can answer people's questions, when right now like the question that you can answer best on Facebook is, you know, what dumb thing did my buddy do last week? You yeah. know, And and. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, as Joe said, it's certainly something they shouldn't be ignoring, and I think the market was glad to hear that they're trying it. But if I'm LinkedIn or Google, I don't think I'm super concerned just yet.
0: Let's wrap up on the stock because certainly, as we've talked about, Zuckerberg had a good enough performance that shares are up around 10% just in the last two days. So I think it's reasonable to assume that if they actually make good on his promise to come out with a mobile ad platform, that they can monetize it in a much more – And monetize well. And monetize it well. Then if you're a shareholder right now, you're probably thinking, well, gosh, maybe now's the time to double down. We've talked in the past about the stock price. What do you think of it right now? Is it something that is of interest to you given you know, what's changed? And what's changed in the last week is Zuckerberg's performance and his comments. Yeah, I think there are a lot
1: of great businesses out there that, you know, Facebook's selling it around 30 times, a uh, little more, I guess, 10% more uh, forward earnings right now, which is a rich premium, and you can invest in a lot of great companies at a much lower price than that. Uh, Apple, for example, even though I'm not a big Apple fan, I mean, they're growing their top line near 50%, and it's probably selling it. I don't know. Twelve times forward earnings. I mean, if I had to choose between the two, and I'm just making this up, I would go with Apple because, again, I think it has a more interesting mix and a better valuation. And there are a lot of, again, you know, your Google's, your eBay's were doing very well, but selling at much more attractive valuations, and I would say have better uh, competitive positions in terms of the long term.
0: Tim, what about you?
2: I'd, 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 I think it's an interesting speculative bet. I mean, pending the addition of some more data points, I'd quibble with Joe's valuation analysis just slightly because unlike some of the competitors he cited, or or comps he cited, um, Facebook would have the opportunity for both revenue growth and margin expansion, provided they can monetize their business. So that's sort of a multiplier effect. So the multiple, which is more of a linear measurement, isn't maybe quite as applicable. Um, That being said, I think there are still questions around how Facebook measures user activity. And obviously everything Mark Zuckerberg said yesterday, probably he's not lying, but they're they're underlying, there's data and facts and, and, and definitions and things that underlie, oh, people are six times more active, or they're more likely to do this, or they're more likely to do this. You know, what is an active user for Facebook? How much can they monetize them? You know, casual users looking at pictures of kids are are certainly much less likely revenue targets than someone explicitly looking for a job on LinkedIn. So I think Facebook as an ecosystem has has some things to prove out, Um, but I think it's an interesting speculative small bet at this point. Um, You know, I haven't done anything with it and and don't intend to, but I, I haven't written it off either.
0: Alright, Joe Maker, Tim Hansen. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. thanks for more information on Motley Fool asset management. You can go to foolfunds.com. And as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.